Welcome to Spiritually Guided, a podcast where we discuss all things spirituality, the human experience, intuition, psychic development, spirit guides, energy, and so much more goodness. I'm your host, Carla Myra, psychic and psychic development mentor, and I'm really happy that you are here with me today. Now let's dive in to today's episode. Hey you guys, so I usually never have an intro after my intro, but I wanted to make sure that you guys didn't miss out. In this interview, you're going to hear Sarah Harvey talk about a really great course that she is revamping and putting out there into the world that is going to help those of you who have been wanting to start a spiritual business. So if you're someone who has been wanting to start a psychic business, a mediumship business, or a tarot reading business, you definitely want to check this out. The first live class starts August 9th, but you can join anytime afterwards because you'll have the replays available. She's offering 20% off when you use the code Carla20, K-A-R-L-A-2-0, so you definitely want to take advantage of that. Especially since the 20% discount is only good up until August 9th. Alright, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Sarah talks about her psychic and mediumship experiences, how living in a rural farm area has affected her as a psychic, and she also shares tips for those of you who are looking to transition into making a business out of your spiritual gifts. Okay. Enjoy the episode, and I will talk to you guys later. Hey, you guys, and welcome to today's episode. I am really excited because I have someone that is just so special to me. I'm going to introduce her um, briefly, and then I really want us to dive into all the questions that I have for her because I just think she brings so much knowledge, and she's really um, someone that I admire in a lot of ways. So without further ado, let me dive in. Today, we are interviewing Sarah Harvey. She's a psychic medium. She does psychic development and also helps psychics start their own business. And Sarah was the first psychic development mentor that I worked with. And I honestly remember she would give me like exercises and activities and I would be so freaking nervous. Like there was this one that just Sarah, do you remember the one where you gave me images and you're like, okay, you know, tap and all of that. And I was so nervous. I I was just like, oh my gosh, so, so, so nervous. But it really was through that time that I spent with her that I realized how much more skill and ability I had. And through working with her, I went from feeling like I I had to hide behind the word intuitive, like intuitive readings, intuitive, all of that, to really calling myself like a psychic, stepping up as a psychic and feeling much more confident in myself and in giving readings. And so, so it was like a huge moment for me and, and Sarah and I, we've like, you know, been in each other's lives since then. And I um, just really, really admire her. So that's a little bit about her. Sarah, do you want to quickly introduce yourself? So first of all, thank you for having me on. I'm really excited to be on your podcast, I think that you've done amazing things. And it's really cool to get to watch you progress and 
have the confidence that I already knew was there and the skill just shine. You're just, so I'm, I'm proud of you and I'm excited for you. Thank you. So I'm Sarah Harvey. Uh, it's uh, nice to meet you guys. So I'm actually a psychic and a psychic development mentor. And I also help um, psychics start their business on Etsy. So I do a little bit of a lot of different things, but basically it's all, all around psychic development, getting people to uh, understand their skills and ability and start to grow and trust their intuition. So I think that's a really big part of our spiritual journeys. So I'll, that's, that's pretty much what I got. So <laughs> perfect. So let's dive into like the meat of the podcast because I have so many questions for you. And I know that so many people who are wherever I think wherever people may be on their journey, I think they'll find some value in this podcast. So let's start off. I'm really curious. Can you share with us how did you first discover your own psychic and mediumship abilities? And was there like a big aha moment for you? So I know when you and I talked about it, uh, you, we had kind of different perspectives. So I love listening to different perspectives. It really gives me an idea of how different people experience uh, their abilities to start with. So I actually had three aha moments and they were all a little bit different, but it was throughout my life. And so when I was about nine years old, I was um, laying in bed and I remember clear across the house was me and my brother's playroom. And we had this, I don't know if, I don't know. So if you're, if you're my, so I'm going to be 38. So if this is going to age me, but there was this little uh, barn we had that you open the doors to and it would moo. So every time you open the barn doors, it would moo. And so I actually clairaudiently heard the boy saying, come down and play with me. And I heard the toy, um, which was more of an external thing. And then actually envisioned him. And at the time, I almost thought that I was sleeping and that I was, it was a dream. Um, And I remember telling my parents about it and they were just kind of like, you were just sleeping. It was a dream. But uh, later on found out that the house really did have a lot of activity in it. Um, And I knew that uh, as a child, I knew that there was something really off about it. Um, So that was my first experience. And then um, later on, I just kind of set that aside and came to terms at the time that, you know, this is uh, not, it's not what I'm supposed to uh, do. Like, we're not supposed to talk about that kind of thing. Right. So then my mom passed away in 2008 and it really was an eye-opening experience for me because I'd never had anyone that close to me pass away. And so there were a few things that happened. Um, so I actually had a dream that she was in and she was telling me she was okay. And I remember sitting up in bed, waking up and I looked at the doorway and there she was standing in the doorway. And then she just walked off. And so that was one of the things that happened. My daughter's toys another day went off like all of them, the electronics, it seemed like probably three or four toys just going off. And I had to shut them off the batteries and everything, take them out, that type of thing. And so um, my daughter would also, she babysat my daughter and my daughter was one at the time. Uh, and my daughter would stand up in her crib and she would talk to the you know corner of the wall. And I'm like, what are you doing? Finally, there was one night that she was jibber jabbering on and I'm like, you have to go to sleep. So I remember saying, mom, let her go to sleep. And then, uh, like 
it was like snap everything's quiet and it was so strange to me but then moving on like I just that happened for about three weeks where it was just like she was really um her presence was really apparent right so then it faded away and I was just like okay like I kind of missed that but I also I thought I was going crazy right um so then later on uh a few other things happened but one of the like huge things that happened to me was um we moved to the farmhouse that we're in now and um I actually heard externally so my clairvoyance is internal primarily um but I heard externally um Indians outside of my house in my yard and it sounded like they were having a powwow and it was really like I knew that they were happy I knew that they were celebrating but it happened for probably a week straight and finally I thought I was going to lose my mind again so I was like okay you got to stop this like we can't do this every night um so whatever your message you're trying to give me like just give it to me and let's be you know let's be done with this so I gotta stop right So it was really interesting to me because then I actually started studying the area and there are what the Fox Indians were actually in this area and they were very peaceful Indians. So it kind of uh, correlates with what had been happening. And we live probably uh, maybe a mile or two away from uh, one of the main rivers in our area. And so again, like that's somewhere that they're going to be near a water source during that period of time. So I thought it was really interesting how it all like correlated together and it really validated the experience that I had. So yeah, that was, that was my big moment that like, you know, you doubt yourself at first, you doubt your intuition. And uh, I think that's normal for everyone. Um, But for me, that was that moment that I was like, I can't deny this anymore. Like this is every single night for a week straight. And I could tell you exactly where in my yard it was coming from. I, it it just, it was so clear that it was interesting. No one else can hear it. Right. And so of course, then you're like, what is going on here? You don't hear that. Um, but yeah, that was the, uh, the, my aha moments. And so, yeah, it was interesting because I, I learned a lot through, I learn a lot all the time, but there's always something new to learn about spirituality, but that was something that like, I really couldn't deny it at that point. Right. I think it's so interesting how, you know, it it reminds me of like when people, I guess what I'm trying to say is how many people in the past had these like psychic experiences and people just thought they were crazy. And so then they were sent to all these institutions, mental asylums, etc. But in reality, it was like a legitimate experience going on around them. And so I just think I'm, I'm so glad that we're able to transition now to a time where more of this is accepted and is becoming seen as more normal. Because otherwise, imagine if someone like listened to you talk about what you just shared, and they're like, Sarah needs to go, you know, we need to like relocate Sarah or something like <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. It's funny that you mentioned that because I've done paranormal investigations and uh, my uh, cousin, his girlfriend and my boyfriend, we all went to uh, Independence State Hospital and we didn't know if we could go in because they still actively use it. Mm-hmm. And they did a lot of that type of um, like with the shock therapy and that and, you know, different things like that. 
And we were laughing about it because my cousin says to me when we're sitting outside, well, we can always get in. We're going to send you. We're just going to tell them you hear voices. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, well, that might work. But uh, it was interesting because, yeah, yeah. And that's interesting that you mentioned the hospitals because I think it was even beyond our types of abilities. They would put people in the hospital if they thought they were like years ago, if they were uh, unfaithful if they were drinking, if they were like for a lot of different things, but can you imagine if even back in the day when people had abilities and they thought they were witches, like, no, this is like uh, an amazing time to be able to um, understand and start to um, practice your spiritual development. I think it's a, we live in a really good time for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so we know that clear audience is one of your primary cares, right? Would you say it's like your top one or yeah. your top? Yeah, one? definitely. You know, I didn't even experience uh, clairvoyance until I started doing mediumship. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, uh, yeah, that's definitely my primary clear. Okay. And clear audience, for those of you who maybe don't know, is clear psychic hearing. And so the examples that Sarah has shared were like her hearing either um you know a kid or with like the whole mood toy thing and everything like that so those are all examples of the clear audience um so I know you already shared some examples but are there any other like moments of clear audience that you would either think are really cool or that really stand out yeah I wouldn't necessarily call it cool but uh <laughs> I you know I've uh I do have one specific story that I think is really interesting. And I want to share this specific story because I think it might help people. Um, I actually stopped doing for a period of time readings for people. And I thought, you know, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to help people develop and help people start their psychic businesses or terror reading businesses. And so I hadn't done read- a reading for probably a good month. There's um, only a couple people I do readings for on a regular basis, but I hadn't done a reading for about a month. And I went to the grocery store and I'm standing in the aisle and no one else is in the aisle. And uh, I hear somebody behind me, like right behind my left ear say, hey, and it was so loud and so alarming that I was like what did somebody just step behind me like I really thought somebody stepped behind me and then all of a sudden this little girl um she runs around from the other aisle and into that aisle but there's no way it could have been her because the voice was too deep and it was too close to me and she was probably a good 10 feet away even when she ran in the aisle so I thought that was interesting because I put a lot of boundaries um in my spirit communication, like I have a lot of boundaries. And one of my boundaries is that I will not open up communication unless I am sitting doing a reading. And I think what happened from my perspective is that I didn't hold up my end of the bargain, right? Like I wasn't doing readings. Mm -hmm. And so they have to find some way to try to communicate. And that was the way they found to communicate. So um, I I thought that was interesting. And then I, so I make sure I'm doing some sort of uh, spirit communication still. And 
um, that kind of helped that a lot. And I thought, well, so you would basically, when you open up the floodgate, it's open. Like, so people say, can you, once you have opened up your third eye, can you close it again? I truly don't believe you can. You can ignore things if you, you want to, you can't, you can ignore the, um, activity and you can say it's a coincidence, but it's still going to be there. Mm-hmm. So that, that is really interesting, especially thinking like I'm trying to picture this and no one else in the aisle and then you hear that I'd probably be freaked out like and especially if you said it was really loud like that sounds <laughs> very close to my head yeah, yeah. I was I, I didn't even know what to think I was just like and it was it was almost like it was external mm-hmm. which is different for me like I mean I've heard external clear audience I've had experienced it but not like that. Like that was loud and it was right by my ear. So clearly they were trying to get my attention. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> come back. Um, yeah. We you need have- you. What are you doing? You can't take breaks. <laughs> yeah. A month is long enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No vacations for you, lady. So, um, yeah. Do you have any other, so that was like a clear audience specific experience. Do you have any other psychic or mediumship experiences in general that really stand out to you? Meeting my spirit guides. And the reason why I say that is because it was a lot different than I thought it was going to be. So it helped me teach other people how to uh, connect with their spirit guides, because I thought, you know, like, as an example, you know, when you're a little kid and you pass state lines for the first time or pass a state line, you think like magic is going to happen and everything's going to go like, it's like, they're going to have like confetti and all this big party. And so I thought it would be a much larger event than it was. Um, but meeting my spirit guides definitely because it was more like they're talking to me and they're giving me advice. And I just thought it was going to be like, you know, what you see on the movies, like all of a sudden they appear. And I don't know why I thought that, you know, it's just kind of a funny thought, but I just thought it would be more obvious um, that it was that uh, my spirit guides, right. When I was connecting. So that's an experience that I thought, you know, people, it's just like our Claire's like people expect it to be very obvious and it's not always very obvious so I thought that was an interesting um exercise when I did that yeah that's you bring up a really good point because obviously I think one of the biggest ways people are introduced to mediumship or anything psychic is through the media and the entertainment industry and they amp that up a lot like the scary form that pops up or whatever it may be and so yeah when people that's all they see and that's all they're used to. And then they go and think their experience is going to be similar. It could be really like shocking or they can doubt themselves. Like, well, it wasn't like that. So is this real? And I think that's Mm -hmm. a really good example that you brought up because I know that like, for me also, some of my experiences, they're more in comparison to like Hollywood, like that's not the level, right? And so it takes that trust like knowing your own energy and knowing when that is you your own thoughts or your own feelings or whatever it may be and when it's the energies of others including like your spirit guides and it can be much more mellow I mean of course so I think it also depends in the moment like I've had moments where I'm journaling and then all of a sudden I feel like this emotion and I know that it's an emotion for my guides and I'm just like oh my gosh this is like overpowering me in the moment 
Yeah. And then, you know, it like you, you go back to like your own thing, but um, yes, I love that you shared that, that. That's really good. And I think that's good for people to know, like when you guys are starting to trying to connect with your guides or even just your psychic abilities in general, don't, <laughs> it seems obvious to say like, don't take the media, you know, Hollywood seriously when it comes to this, but some people can't, you know, when that's all you've seen, it's easy to think like, okay, there must be some level of truth, but yeah. And then also all the shows with like the different psychics and mediums that have like their own reality TV. I honestly think that has to be played up a little bit for there to be the entertainment aspect that people are intrigued by. And so when you compare yourself to them, I, I don't think it's a good idea to compare yourself to them. Everyone works really differently. And yeah. Um, okay. And when we say psychic, that's a really broad term. Yeah. Everybody's abilities are different. And so I think that, uh, yeah, when you see things like I love watching psychics on TV, um, the Long Island, the Long, what is she, the Long Island medium? Is I that what it so. is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really like her. Um, and I love her energy. But some of the even on shows like that, there they do cutting, they do editing. Um, it's just like when you see a magazine and somebody is all dolled up and they've airbrushed things. Uh, they, I'm sure they cut what they don't want in the videos out. But again, she's amazing. But yeah, I agree with you. About Tyler Henry, like I really like watching some of his episodes. I just really resonate with like his more mellow, quieter energy. And so- yeah. But at the same time, you know, it is still a production and we have to like keep that in mind. Um, yeah, I agree. Okay, okay, let's see. All right, so going back to Claire audience for a moment, do you have any tips for people who want to develop their Claire audience or tips for people who just want to develop psychic abilities in general? And I know that you said like psychic, you know, is, is a large term. But do we have any tips around any of this? Do you have any tips around any of this? Yeah. So uh, the first thing is, is when it comes to Claire audience, I think a lot of people mistake Claire audience for their own internal voice sometimes, um, because it can sound similar to your internal voice. Um, some of the things that can differentiate Claire audience uh, versus your internal voice would be an accent that you don't have, slang that you don't use, or even words that you don't use, something that you don't know in advance, or even in a different language, especially if you're connecting um, with in, in more of a, uh, with mediumship. With mediumship, it could be in a different language, but that's still essentially it's clear audience. Um, and as far as developing, I think it's important that we're like realistic about our expectations when it comes to developing um, and take things slow and not try to push them. Because I notice when people try to push it too much that they start overlooking those little things that happen that they don't, you know, that they just, they don't, aren't even aware then it, that it's a psychic uh, experience. Like, let's say you, you know, see a, like synchronicities, synchronicities are a good one. You see a blackbird everywhere you go. Um, those little things are, those are signs. Now, as far as your actual abilities go, there are a lot of good exercises um, to be able to help you with your different abilities. And one of the clairaudient exercises that I really like is, um, is a list of symbols. And I put together a list of symbols 
And hearing those symbols uh, can trigger clairvoyance as well. It's what do you think about when you see, when you hear those symbols, those like heart or uh, snake or cross. Um, there's a lot of different exercises that I like to do to work with people. Like you said, the photo exercise, um, that's more of a clairvoyant exercise. And it can be for mediumship or for like future predictions. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of different exercises that you can do. I don't think it has to be um, like what we kind of, you and I kind of talked about before. It doesn't have to be something that's uh, really you know, jump in a circle five times, uh, sit and meditate, then jump in a circle five times again. Like it doesn't have to be overly complicated. Uh, it, just starting and working with it and being aware of your clairs is really important. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, okay, so I've been curious about this. I know that you live in a rural area, and honestly, like from the outside looking in, especially you know, I live in California, and it's just so much more diverse. And so when I think of like, where you live, I think like, oh, my gosh, there's not, (laughs) you know, it's like vastly different. So from the outside looking in, it's easy to imagine that um, where you live isn't very big or open minded when it comes to psychic abilities in mediumship. And so I'm curious, first of all, a is that true, actually? And then also, did where you live impact your own journey as you developed your abilities and feeling confident in your own abilities? So to f- start with, I would say that it's no different here than it is in the rest of the United States in particular. I know in other countries, like people are um, more advanced in spiritual discovery than we are in the United States. We're kind of, it's almost like we were behind the eight ball with Uh, some of that stuff but I think that um, it's no different here especially when it comes to like mediumship I think it really depends on the person and when it's specifically mediumship when it comes to the person if they've ever had anyone close to them pass away it's really difficult for them because I know this experience personally because my mom passed away in 2008 right so uh, that experience made it so I cannot accept the fact that people don't go somewhere when they die. So I can't accept the fact that your thoughts, your emotions, your memories, that they just dissolve and that's all there is to it. So I think when we have somebody close to us pass away, every person changes from that. And I think that really opens people's, um, opens people's minds to the possibilities of, um, the unexplained. And so, um, I actually feel like, so I really don't, if, if I'm out, I really don't tell people, I tell people I'm a business consultant because essentially I help, uh, psychics with Etsy. Uh, but the reason I do that is not because I'm in any way, shape or form afraid of, uh, how they would judge me. I really like, it, it sounds really overconfident when I say this, but I really don't care. Like, I don't care how people feel about it. Cause it's not my job to change their mind as it's not my job to, it's not their job to change my mind and not my job to change their mind. Like, so I really believe that like I live and let live is kind of my, my idea of people. Right. So I think that if anything, the area that I'm in, so I actually live on a farm. I've got eight chickens, two cats, a dog, two kids and a farmer boyfriend. So, uh, our, we have a 
probably an acre out here, I would say. And if anything else, I actually get a chance to relax and meditate. And um, I get to connect with nature in a way that a lot of people aren't able to do. So I'm very, very grateful for that. Um, like for the most part there, you know, the air here is, is nice. And Iowa, I live in Iowa. So Iowa is just a really nice place. Um, I don't care for winter much because then I'm stuck inside, but I still have a great double door area that I uh, have big windows and I get to meditate at. So I would say it actually opens my mind um, and helps me connect to nature better than I would if I was somewhere else. Although I do love the beach, but I would say people are pretty much the same everywhere. Um, essentially when it comes to their core, people are the same everywhere. Um, I've been to a lot of different places in the United States. And I think that if somebody isn't going to be open, that's just them and that's their choice. Um, but actually I have a lot of people when I started, um, doing this. Cause if you looked at my Facebook page or my uh, Facebook profile, I actually, it says on there what I do. So, um, I have a lot of people that are like really open to it and I'm surprised by some of them, but I don't, if somebody it isn't into, like if they, when I say I'm not trying to change their mind, if they're not into that, I'm not going to, I won't even talk to them about it. Cause it's not my job to convince them of my abilities I truly believe that it's not my job. Um, I only want to help people that are actually open to the idea because if they're not open to the idea, this especially goes for you guys that uh, are ladies and gentlemen, all you guys that uh, are getting ready to start a psychic business. When you have someone that is like objective to the fact that you have these type of abilities, you'll find that it's even harder for you to connect because of their, uh, their closed mindedness. And it's really strange to say that, but it's so true. Like if they doubt you, it almost is like they put a block up. And so I think that I, I want to, I like working with people who are, uh, open-minded and understand how it actually works, uh, rather than people who are just trying to work with you to doubt your abilities or to pick it all to pieces. So yeah, that's kind of my experience. And once I put myself out there in the public, um, just like you, yeah, I have a, a podcast. And once I put that out myself out there in the public, I actually realized that there was a lot of trolls, like people who just want to make comments. But the truth is, is they don't, they clearly have a lot more time on their hands than I do. And so I don't really put much into it. Like I'll delete comments sometimes and stuff like that. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it's just something completely ridiculous and I just don't even entertain the idea. I will not argue with people. I'll just delete their comment and move on with my day. Cause at the end of the day, they have their opinion and I have mine and clearly they're different. Right. So no, I think that's, that's kind of my idea with that. And for those of you that have people in your life that are like completely um, against uh, your idea of spirituality, I would say the same thing. Like if that's something that you can't discuss with them, then just don't discuss it with them live and let live. They, if that's what they want to believe, if they think that there's, the world is square and, you know, there's nothing else in it, but us as humans and, you know, like just live and let live. They can think that if they want to think that that's their idea. I really don't mean that they think the world is square, but that was kind of a joke, but uh, yeah, some might, might. might, but uh, yeah, it's kind of a joke. There was a little uh, (laughs) overboard with what uh, the idea of somebody 
that, yeah. So you get what I'm talking about. So I, I think that's important for people to just be aware of. There is a large communities out um, online and even in your communities, I think that um, people, there are people in every area that have the same types of abilities and beliefs. So I think that you really have to find your people and the people that are going to support you and the people that um, are going to have similar um, core beliefs as you. Yeah. I love everything that you said. I agree with what you said, especially, you know, not trying to change their mind. I think like we could drive ourselves crazy if we try to convince everyone of what we think. And we have to remember that everyone thinks that they're basically right, right? In our own mind, we're like, oh, this is how it is. And so trying to argue with people who clearly think they're right and we think we're right, like we're not going to really be able to like create that bridge, um, which is fine. And then also everyone is on their own journey. Like I firmly believe that a lot of people alive right now, it's not on their journey to awaken spiritually or to believe in all these things. And that's fine. Like that's where they are on their own journey. And like, there's no need to hate on them for that. It's just like, okay, we don't know everyone's soul, like journey or purpose or mission. And so once you really truly realize that, like, you don't know what all the 8 billion people on this planet, where they are on their journey, like it's easier to just like, let that go. And like, not feel so offended by things, I think. Yeah, I Um, agree. You know, uh, before you ask the next question, I want to tell you, you know, when, and I don't know, I I don't know if we've talked about this, because we've known each other for quite a while now. And we've talked a lot about different topics. But in my 20s, I worked with uh, Aflac and other insurance companies for probably well, them specifically, like four or five years, something like that, and other insurance companies. So about 10 years altogether, I worked in the insurance industry. And one of the things I did at some point in time is I read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And that book, I can honestly tell you, if you've never read it before, you should read it. It will change your entire perspective of other people. Um, it is, it's by Dale Carnegie, and it's actually written, it was written a long time ago, but it still is true today. Every single thing that it explains about people being right, like you said, everybody wants to be right. But if you say one thing and I correct you, I'm not doing either of us any good because you're going to get on the offensive because you, you know, you get what I'm saying. Like, and that's the way people are. So I just don't even waste my energy on that because I think that our energy is an important thing to preserve and we should uh, use it for things that are actually productive. So uh, yeah, that uh, changed my life. The book completely changed my life. It's been on my list, by the way, so I'll definitely have to check that out. But like talking about yeah. that, I remember I, um, I've slowly been a little bit more active on Instagram. So if you guys aren't connected, yeah. by the way, make sure you connect. The link will be in the show notes. But I remember I was talking about spirit guides and someone commented, and this was like my first um like hater comment on that platform and they were like oh you really need to like get in tune with reality it's free <laughs> and reality is free it's, <laughs> it's free like what it's free to get in tune with the reality basically they were saying that me talking about oh my goodness and all of this was like not real and all imaginary basically yeah and I remember looking at it and I was like okay I could either be really offended by this but then also I was like wait a minute, this is my first hater on here. And I remember commenting black, like, oh my gosh, my first hater on IG. And then like, 
literally the next day they deleted the comment. And I would too if I were them. Well, yeah, that? that was classy. I have to hand it to you. That really like it takes a lot when that happens to you because it does. It, it you get off put like you're like, well, how do I respond to this? Like, and the truth is, is that some people just have like they intentionally are trying to affect you and have that effect on you and I think that you handled that in the best way you possibly could honestly and you know what you didn't have to delete their comment they deleted themselves so I think what you do is amazing and what you so we each have uh different um different areas that we um really excel at when it comes to the spiritual world and I I think that what you do is absolutely amazing. And the way that you explain connecting and help people, I love watching you and listening to, because you've been on my podcast several times. And I think you always bring something new for people to learn. So don't let people that don't understand what you're doing affect the impact that you have. Because for every one person that feels negatively, you're helping another hundred. You know, that's really the way that you got to think about it. And I think when you think about it that way, like you've impacted a lot of people. And I think those one or two people that don't have, that have so much time on their hands, they got to criticize people who are actually out there trying to help one another. I think that's just, they just have too much time on their hands. So, yeah. (laughs) Um, I will thank you again for your kind words. Okay. So one of the things that I admire about you, and like you mentioned, we've known each other for a while now, and we've talked about so many different things. And um, and through getting to know you and your stories, hearing your stories and your past, I really come to realize that one of the things that I admire about you is that you are a go-getter and that you are successful in doing what you are doing. Um, and, and so... I was wondering if you could share any advice for people who want to make a business out of their psychic and mediumship abilities, because like I said, you're a go-getter, you like went for it, you, you are doing it. And I think a lot of people could learn from someone like you. Thank you for the kind words. I am wise. This is why we make such a good podcast uh, (laughs) together. So uh, first of all, I have the new ultimate Etsy program coming out for psychics on Etsy or psychics that are wanting to get on Etsy. Um, that's going to roll out August 9th. I think you're going to have the link in the show notes. Um, that is going to be live online and then it'll be available on demand after that as well. So um, when I chose to start working with other psychics, the real reason I wanted to do that is because I knew that if I influenced, uh, one person that they would be able to help hundreds of people. So I knew the impact that I was making was going to affect a lot more people's lives. And I knew that the people, cause I work closely with the people that the students in the courses, and I know that how they work and I know how they're impacting people and I just think that knowing and understanding how they're impacting people really helps me um, to fine tune what they're doing uh, because I know they're good at what they do. We just have to figure out how they need to organize everything and get their process in line so that they can affect more people and draw in more clients that um, are in line with what they're doing. So uh, I really think that uh, you're only thing that's stopping you when you're thinking about going from 
just doing readings with your friends or, you know, for free. I think one of the things that's, well, most of the time it is um, that people are afraid of that negative feedback or negative reviews. And I think no one can be right a hundred percent of the time. There's always uh, the chance, the small chance that you could be off. Um, and that can be a lot of different things. Uh, you could like, I told, I think I've talked to you about mediumship. If I'm trying to connect with more than one spirit, we're doing a mediumship reading. It gets crossed. Like I have to do one at a time. And so, um, I think things like that are things that you should be aware of when it comes to your own abilities. Um, but the feeling that you're getting over, it just fear. And it's, uh, it's a fear. It could be a fear of succeeding. It could be a fear of getting negative feedback, but all of it has to do with fear when you're not moving forward. I understand if people like know they have to rely on some, uh, on an income stream when they're getting started. Um, that is very realistic and rational. Um, however, I think that if it's something that you want to do, then just dipping your toe in the water and moving slowly to get started is uh, definitely the way to go. I think that nothing can, like when you start a business, because essentially this is a business, when you start a business, nothing is going to be, like you can plan as much as you want. doesn't matter how much you plan. There are going to be things that change that you have to adapt to. And I think that thinking that your advertising should be 100% perfect and your video should be 100% perfect, your everything you put out should be hundred percent perfect and not putting it out because you think that is really what stops a lot of people. I think that, um, people want to know that you're human. They really do. I think in society we've changed, you know, like with the, um, big change with Victoria's secret, I was following that for a while with the Jeff Jeffrey Epstein case. And I think the idea, like I love wearing Victoria's secret and I, I think they had the most amazing bras ever uh, fun fact about me, <laughs> but I think that, um, the idea that they put out that every woman's body had to be perfect is the same type of idea that I think, uh, we have about our videos or our information that we put out. We think it has to be just stellar knocking it out of the ballpark. And the truth is, is that people want to know you, they don't want to know, um, they don't want you to act any different because you're going to, you're going to only get the clients that you should have that you're in line with if you're yourself. So yeah, that's, that's my thought about that. I love that. And I um, wholeheartedly agree because I know when I first started, I wanted to get every single fucking thing perfect. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. I really need a logo and I really need a website and I need this and this and this. And it was so that I, it kept me from actually taking the action that I needed to take to really what mattered to grow my business. And yeah, um, yeah and I would want to like make things, everything perfect. And it did definitely came from a place of fear, <laughs> being judged, yeah. being like, you know, all these thoughts. Like, there's so many thoughts that we think, we have so many thoughts that stop us, but really- what's stopping us is not taking the action. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. You're not going to know what it's like. Like when it comes to business, the worst things, it's kind of like go dating, you know, like when you're dating, when you're, uh, when you ask someone out or something like that and they like the worst thing that they could say is no. And it's kind of, it's the same with potential clients and putting yourself out there. The worst thing people can say is no. And you're going to get statistically, 
because I know this is more than just a, when you think about doing readings and becoming um, a professional psychic, it goes beyond just your abilities. You actually need, you know, business abilities and a business strategy, and you have to be, uh, understand how, how to connect with a lot of different people to let them know what you do. And I think that people, uh, they, for whatever reason, they don't, they're just afraid of the feedback, I guess. And the worst thing someone could say is no, but statistically, I think it's like 70% or something like that. 70% people say no, 30% say yes, or something like that. But statistically, uh, if you actually kept track, you would find that there is a percentage of people that are going to work with you and a percentage of people that aren't. That's just how it works. Um, Okay, so you mentioned your Etsy course a little bit previously um do you want to dive a little bit deeper as to what you would cover and what people could expect from this course yeah I'm pretty excited about it because the Etsy course uh so originally I put together the Etsy course in 2020 and it covered uh, basically how to run your Etsy shop what to do with it how to attract uh or how to work with SEO, keywords, tags, that type of thing. But this year, I'm actually adding, um, and it's not even just adding, I'm updating the program, but I'm also adding different aspects because I want this to be a full business course. So it really goes beyond Etsy. So uh, you'll learn how to identify the needs of your potential clients, how to set up your psychic business for success. This means getting a, your system together um, and making sure that you have what you need to actually get your clients, your first clients, um, or more clients if you already have started your business. Um, how to stay relevant within your niche, because I think uh, we have to adapt to change, and that's a huge thing. Um, so, And then also how to find clients and maintain a larger clientele base. So the whole point in Um, expanding the program is to get people in a position that they're not only um, working with, you know, new clients every once in a while, but they have their large clientele that are constantly coming back to them when they have life changes or even on a monthly basis where you're not having to constantly go out and find new clients. So I think that's a really, um, that's a, it makes an impact on people's business because I, paid a lot of attention to the people that it took uh, the Etsy course, the original Etsy course. And I think that that was great that they learned that, but there was, there's more for them to be able to learn, to expand their business, to make it sustainable and to help them uh, maintain a steady clientele base, even during a recession or a depression. I've noticed that my business actually started um, during 2020 Um, I opened my business, started doing readings for other people. And that was one of the, like our, our economy was really impacted in the United States at that point in time. And I think the point that I opening it up during that time actually helped me. Like it helped me because I already got to, so I got to start at a slow pace and it ramped up really quickly, but I thought, you know, if I can do this during this period of time, then I know my business is going to be sustainable. Uh, even when things change in our economy. So I think that's really important for people because 
you could, you know, quit your job and stay home work. And then if something happens and your business isn't sustainable and you won't have a business for very long um, if the economy changes. So, yeah, that's that's kind of my thing. I think that I want it to go beyond just Etsy. I want it to be a program that's actually teaching people how to how to sustain a, a long term business. I love that. I think that's something that um, so many people miss that they don't really understand they need it they need that if they really want to be able to make their business like their top priority and the way they impact lives and the way that they make the money. Um, Okay, cool. So are there any other tips, any like final tips that you have for psychics, for mediums that are looking to transition into making a business out of their spiritual and psychic slash mediumship abilities? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think one of the topics that people have a different or one of the things people have a difficult time doing is moving from uh, not charging or offering free readings to offering paid readings. So I personally believe there's a transfer of energy that happens and that transfer of energy is truly important. So um, by saying that, I mean, uh, money is given, reading is received uh, goat is given reading is received. And I say that because so years ago, uh, they used to actually, uh, give away, you know, give food or, or animals or that type of thing as currency for readings. And I think that's really interesting because that transfer of energy was still happening. It was just in a different way. I joked one time with a friend of mine that he, uh, would offer readings for bacon it was just a huge joke because he's, he likes bacon. So uh, it was just funny. I was like, basically, that's a form of currency. That's a that's a transfer of energy. So um, with me, I didn't hesitate charging uh, when I started the business because I knew it was going to be a business. I knew I had to make it sustainable. And I did hesitate how much I was going to charge. And then I realized that, you know, I could have a nine to five come home and try to have the energy to do readings or I can make this a business and help people and do it a hundred percent of my working time frame, Right. So if I wanted to do that for work and be able to help people, which made it so I could also impact more people, I knew that I was going to have to charge for it. And so I think that one of the things now hesitating about how much the thing is, is when we first start a business, um, we think about, or we start, cause I would essentially, it's, it's, it's a type of sales, I would say. Um, so when we do sales, uh, people, people think that, uh, they think about their own, their own income and their own, um, how much they could afford when they're starting a business. And obviously when you're starting a business, you want to do that, um, with as little, um, revenue to start it, uh, or expenses, little expenses as you can, because you want your business to be profitable. But when you're thinking about what you can afford versus what other people can afford, um, that's not really what's relative to your, to what you're charging. You really need to think about value. What value are you bringing? How is that impacting your client's life? And um, what result value and result, like how, how, what, what changes for them? Um, you know, think about uh, the simplest one would be love readings. If you help someone uh, better their relationship, what is that worth to them? What's that worth? And I think that's important to remember. So um, 
And everyone's entitled to their own opinion about that. So if a psychic wants to offer free guidance, I mean, that's their choice. Um, but I know that if I worked a nine to five to pay, to pay for things that I wouldn't be able to have enough energy to continue to offer readings or psychic development or, um, even the Etsy course, like I wouldn't have time or energy to do all that stuff and um, be able to still maintain a full-time nine to five. So when I think about it, that's the way I think about it because you can give away free. The other thing is, is that when you give the free readings away, you'll have, let's say you do Zoom Zoom readings. So you're going to find that less people show up when you're doing something for free than if you're charging. And the reason why is because they have to have some sort of buy-in, like, that transfer of energy is very important. So if you give a a free reading, someone doesn't show up, if you charge them, you know, $30, whatever it may be, um, then they have a reason to show up. They're invested at that point in time. So I think that's a big, big difference between charging and not charging. That's a really good thing about energy. And also, um, I think you guys have to also remember that with like the whole energy thing, you want to be able to charge something where you're going to feel good going in doing your reading, even if you guys are currently working another job, and then you get a reading, you have to do it. Like, just think about your energy. If you were to charge $20 for an hour reading, you might actually dread it or come in with like this annoyance thinking like, oh my gosh, all this time, and it's only $20. And I'm already tired. You know what I mean? Versus if you charge something that you know is valuable, and your price is higher, that's going to feel good to you because you are honoring your energy and your gifts and your abilities. And so even just going into the reading and reading that you charged more, your energy can shift a lot. So that's also something that you guys want to consider when you are thinking of your prices. And of course, what Sarah said about what value, what results, um, you know, is it that people are going to get? That's like a really, really big one because it is so easy to want to price things based off our income and think like, oh my gosh, well, if I struggle to like pay this amount, imagine how many other people struggle, I should really do less. But we don't know. We literally don't know how much money everyone is making, even someone that we might think, oh, I don't know if she can pay it. I remember this one time, there was someone who had gotten a reading with me. And it was just like this one reading. And I think we did meet over Zoom. And then I was so nervous to offer her like my next, like a monthly package or something. And I was thinking like, oh, what if she can't afford it? And so I didn't offer it. But then I learned later that she ended up signing with a coach who charges like 10 times more. And I literally was like, okay, that is a perfect um, example of like not charging, you know what I mean? So we can't, we can't put limits on other people. We, we really don't know what they are willing to pay for and how much they already even have um, in their own, you know. When it comes Love to- that. That's absolutely on point. <laughs> so learn from my story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, cool. Thank you for that. So one final question that I do have for you, because I think this is something that um, might help a lot of people, is in the spiritual community, I know that there's there's a large group of people because I'm in like a lot of different groups and I see people who say that spiritual people shouldn't be charging for their gifts. And I'm curious if you ever felt like you shouldn't, well, I guess really your previous answer kind of answered that honestly. So I guess we could dismiss, but if you wanted to touch on that, (laughs) you could. Um, 
And then do you have any advice for people who want to make a business out of this, but maybe they're dealing with guilt? Again, I know you, we touched on it, but if there's anything else around like, um, yeah, dealing with that and maybe any other additional tips that you have? Yeah. So if you don't help people who will, that's my simple comment. Like, um, that is a really genuinely good question to ask yourself. If you don't have, it's kind of like you, you, like I, you didn't offer her that, but you didn't, you didn't ask her if she needed it or, you know, you probably assessed the fact that she probably needed it. But at that point, now you, you learned that. And now you know that if you feel like they may be a benefit that they may, um, it might be good for someone, then if you don't do it, who will? Like, that's my, my input with that. Yeah. 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 And not only that, but I, um, I met an episode about this, you guys, I think it's episode number two. Um, I'll put the link to it in the show notes, but a big important thing is integrity. And you have to think like, if you're someone who has integrity and you have gifts that people could really benefit from, and you were like in it for good reasons, People deserve that because there are so many people out there who don't have the integrity or the honesty, or they may be scammers or whatever the reason or whatever it is that they may be, but they're out there like pushing their readings and getting people to book with them and people don't deserve that. So you really have to check in and let your, remember that like your integrity is so valuable and people deserve to work with people who really care, who really are honest and who have that integrity. Like that is one of the biggest things for me. Um, knowing that like, I, I know how much I bring and how honest I am. And like, I'm here for the people and I can't, like, I don't want to just play small and like let some other people who really don't have authentic, real, um, what's the word, like a reason to help people show up more and like impact people when I know I'm doing it from like a good place. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand that completely. I think that's what stops, like the fear that we have when you think about it that way is is nothing compared to the impact that you could have on, on people's lives. I think that the more, when I look back at all the different people I've helped, like I can't say that uh, that I should have been doing anything different because I know that it's made their lives better and the clients that I've worked with, they have a better understanding of, um, with psychic development, they have a better understanding of their gifts. They are able to, um, you know, live their daily life without it impacting it, you know, in a negative way. So, yeah, I think that that's important. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being on. Uh, you guys, I am going to put in um, all the links to Sarah to Sarah's course, and she also has a podcast, so I'll make sure to link that up, and that way you guys can stay connected with her. But just real quick, Sarah, again, thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. I'm really excited that we had this moment to connect, and do you have any final words to the people before we stop off? No, I want to thank everybody for listening. And I want to thank you for having me on. I'm really excited for you. And I'm really excited to see how you continue to progress. And I'm really excited to hear about you helping more people. Because I know you've already helped a lot of people. And so I think, so when I, at the moments that I 
don't am not doing readings. I actually refer readings to Carla because I know that she does a really good job. And so I know that that they're going to be in good hands, which I think that I think you're a special person. Like you're amazing. I'm glad that you do what you do. And I'm glad that you decided to uh, start your podcast and start uh, sharing your experiences with people. Cause I think it's really beneficial. Thank you, Sarah. All right, you guys, I will catch you all later. And remember to look at the show notes because all the links to everything they're going to be in there. And I'll talk to you guys in the next episode.